welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Lolly. We're back. We are back. We're back. Happy Yule. Happy Winter Solstice. Uh, yeah, happy, happy all the Yule, things. Happy Solstice. Oh my goodness. It was a great solstice this year. Beautiful day. And also we turned in our final manuscript for our book. So Yay. taking two weeks off was definitely the right move. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Like, miss you all so much. Love you. But thank you for the time that we could spend ramming all the words possible into the final manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. And trying to and also deleting huge chunks and then rewriting, rewriting them from this, scratch yes. As editing goes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so we turned it in. It's so exciting. We were so like twelve glad hours we ago it was turned off. in. Yeah, so. literally twelve hours ago. Like seriously, very, very, very recently. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the same day for us. Yes, it's the same day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My body like saw the email that we had officially turned it in and my body has since then started to like shut down slowly. Like I'm in the slow yeah. rosy shutdown from the Jetsons. She's like slowly oh my God. shutting down. So we'll try to be efficient with this episode okay. so that we don't totally lose her. Although it would be, it always is kind of funny when Esther fully, I'm punch fully drunk. loses her shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Episode. I mean, in the episode, in the manuscript writing, when I fully lose my shit, it's funny. So at least yeah, exactly. that, that going for we me. Might as well let it happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're super, super, super proud. The book will hopefully be smoothish sailing. Knock on wood. Yeah, from find here all on the out. I have fake wood in here. So I'm, I'm trying to reach for something that's authentic. Yeah. But nothing's here. So, your skull, your skull. That's always the default. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but we're so excited to kind of like be here today, just doing a regular deck review. And then, like I said last week in our little mini reading episode, next week we're going to be doing a sort of our favorites of 2020. These are a few Woo-hoo! of my favorite things. Which is going to be hard because you know that we pull multiple cards for every single question accidentally. Oh, yeah. Or like, because we can't help ourselves. What are the chances that any of us, that either of us actually just choose one deck? Okay, so so I thought the parameter <laughs> that we set beforehand for next week's episode was like our favorite deck, our favorite tarot book, and uh, a favorite non-tarot item or book or something i wasn't quite sure yes. if it was like an item or like a book well we get to make the rules, we'll make the rules. so, so i already want. because i didn't want to have to think this weekend i was like going on full like in in korea they call it mong when you just kind of zone out i wanted to go full <laughs> mong this weekend like and not think about anything so i already wrote our uh our mediator rachel front of the podcast to be all like hi these are what i this is what i want done dang girl you're so good at deciding things okay then i'll try to limit myself i will i will not try i will succeed in limiting myself to one deck one tarot book and one non i think like i just like the but maybe we can just even just do like the best of the year for a deck and then like maybe like two alternates like you would like a beauty pageant no we can't open that up fine okay i was trying to like weasel in there for you but okay we'll just do one deck one tarot book and one like 10 decks like a muggle item yeah, that works for me. Cool. So that's what to look forward to for next week then. Yeah. And that'll be awesome. I know. I think it'll be fun. <sighs> and now we get to focus on our first baby. I know. Our, our first terror. love. I know. Yeah. And each other's faces. Because we also, in this two-week time period, really did not, not see seen faces. each other. Yeah, exactly. So this is <laughs> And great. so it was very weird. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah. And Patreon listeners can hear us talk a little bit more about the book and also like <laughs> watch us not watch us because we're not recording this although more and more podcasts are doing patreon recordings i, I cannot do that esther my face can't i know handle it. 
I'm like, it's too late at night. Who do you think I am? We're it's starting like to record at 5 a.m. my time. I'm not going to be ready. And it's 10.55 my time currently. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, bags under my eyes are like raccoons. That's not going to happen. Like, I know people want to see my face, but just like pretend in the recesses of your mind that my face is there. If you really yeah, want to see a video of me. Exactly. And soon enough, your face will be much more public. That's true. Very true. You're in charge of card of the day this week. Oh, I am. Okay. Calm down. No eight of wands <laughs> this week to uh, quicken us along this process. Okay. I'm using Starseeker Tarot. Oh, fun. Three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, and six. And a seven. The card of the episode is the High Priestess. Oh, oh that's yay. a nice card of the episode. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, totally into it. That's super nice. Especially Thank because you. we're answering questions, and so having something about intuition is always nice. I know, like <laughs> something peaceful, calm, and that has depth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the peacefulness is something that I am just, like, very stoked for. Yes. In the yes. next two weeks. I have, yes. like, a huge list of books, both romance and non-romance, that I want to get through. I'm just, like, so excited for some peace. Okay, the first question of the episode is from Amanda, and she asks, Hi, I'm super new to tarot and enjoy your podcast as I'm learning how to use it in my life. Yay, well, welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're listening. Yes. I love to learn and to create, so it may come as no surprise. I have many hobbies. Same, Amanda. Same. <laughs> Seriously. My, there's a reason my apartment is very small, and that's so I only have two hobbies at any, <laughs> any given time. Otherwise, I can't have any hobbies. Okay. <laughs> In the last six months, I've added banjo, crochet, tarot, and painting cat portraits, all while, thank you, universe, continuing to work full-time. When my weird cat tarot deck came in the mail, I said out loud to my enabling, supportive husband, this is it. I'm satisfied. I don't need anything else for a while. <laughs> but a week later, I'm wanting to switch from acrylic paint to oil, and I just don't know how to stop moving from thing to thing. I envy those that have a singular passion, but I'm always wondering... Am I spreading myself too thin? Should I listen to my instinct that this next thing really is better, or should I put on the brakes and try to exercise some self-control? We're fortunate that a starter set of new paints won't be too noticed by the bank, but I hate waste and clutter and the guilt of not using something. Part of what worries me is that my main creative outlet used to be sewing, and about a year ago I had to replace my sewing machine. I decided to get a slightly more expensive one, and it's mostly just sat around because, because I find sewing stressful lately. I don't want the same thing to happen with painting and whatever I hop onto next. Thank you for any advice you can offer. I get it. But I think that probably part of the reason that sewing feels stressful is because you feel like you spent more on the machine, so now you need to be doing more impressive things. So that's right. kind of always like you're when you have a lot of hobbies, it's really easy for you to move the bench post. Like once people start deciding that now they want to get paid for tarot readings or now they want to sell their art or now they're, you know, devoting more money to that project. And so they feel like they need to see more results. Then it stops being fun to me anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, part of it is like for me, sometimes when I move from thing to thing, like it's like that sense of conquest. We're yeah. like, okay, like I have conquered this one craft. I know I can do this one craft. Ooh, here's this thing and go towards that and like invest in small little things here and there. Yeah. Um, so I think part of for me is that sense of like, okay, I know I can do this. Let me challenge myself a little bit more in this way. And yeah. kind of the same with acrylics and oils. Acrylics, you know, you're just you're still painting. The medium is still painting and you know you can paint. But there's a different feel with between acrylics and oils and the way yeah. that you work with each medium. So I think to me, it, at least for me, it's always that sense of a challenge. And once you've conquered something it kind of like loses its luster a little bit, unless like you're like kind of morphing and changing things just because that's the nature of like my nature. I like, I always like to have something a little bit different, a little bit more challenging each step, each time I go along, but yeah, I mean, except for tarot, tarot is kind of in the most constant thing, but I think this podcast kind of like yeah, loops, it kind of blackmails yeah. this into it like i can't it's move like, on from tarot well and even if we have moments where we're like not at, not reading for ourselves as much or right. whatever we always have to come back to it because we have this like partnership related to it yeah so yeah that's true yeah we're, we've kind of bound ourselves and committed ourselves to this long term so exactly but the other hobby the other hobbies thing i totally get although i tend to give up on stuff really easily like if i were not like it's part of the perfectionism thing. If I were not yeah. immediately good at acrylics, I would definitely think that the answer was, Oh, well maybe I'll be better at oils. And so I'll mm. aim for that instead. So I think we have sort of like similar things, but alternate reasons. Like your right. reasoning is because you feel like you've done it and you don't need to, you don't get the joy of having to prove yourself anymore. And right. I move on because I never want to do something that I'm not just immediately good naturally at. good at well see yeah. like with painting like i cannot paint at all like tried it four billion times worked at hobby lobby got oil sets got acrylic sets nothing. yeah you know but i would buy like oils maybe like okay well maybe my hand will be a bit better painting oils because oils that you know you can keep working with them after you know a couple days whatever nope yeah all of it's ugly no. <laughs> so so like i don't even invest in painting stuff anymore yeah because like, you know it's not an area because i know it's not gonna be something that i like i'll even to, like take lessons and i'm not good at it so i wonder if maybe the strategy for feeling less bad about like picking stuff up and then not following through with it is to find like a neighbor kid or yeah. something that you can just give your gently used art supplies to. Yeah. You or donate to have, the schools or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Schools might be hard because I don't know if like just one person's worth of stuff is that helpful, but maybe even contact an art teacher through like a co-op or through a school and be like, do you have any students that could use some of these things individually? Because I'm not sh sure what I should be doing with them. Cause right. that's the thing is that like teenagers who don't have jobs like you, Amanda, thankfully has been able to work this year. And so like buying more paint, isn't going to be the determinant of like whether or not she can pay her mortgage or rent. or Right. Whatever. Right. But teens or people who don't work for other reasons, but I think especially teens just because they like don't have as many options of as far as like transportation either. Um, I'm like getting too in my head about how I phrase okay. that. So I'm just going to move on. But basically teen, <laughs> like if I were a teen, I'd be like, fuck yes. I'm stoked to try this thing. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I, my, I would never be able to talk my parents into letting me get these paints because I know that I give up on projects so easily. So this is an ideal situation. 
Right. So right. I think that like maybe just to assuage some of your guilt about leaving stuff lying around would be to find somebody that you can give that stuff to when you're not using it anymore. Right. Um, but I think the larger question about like what will make me happy is kind of what we can pull cards for. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking I too. <laughs> I get it. What will be enough? <laughs> Nothing, Nothing says my ever. Mala collection and all the beads that I've invested in and my knitting and everything. So <laughs> <laughs> all these knitting needles everywhere because you have to have different sizes for different projects. So. I know. That's why I can't do knitting. First of all, like I was watching a video the other day of one of my friend's sons playing the piano and I was like, I don't even know how people can move their hands that way. And that's how I feel about <laughs> knitting too. Like it's so far beyond my comprehension that I'm fully yeah. just like, I don't think I could, like, I don't think but, I physically could. <laughs> yeah. I've, I had knitted for like 10 or 12 years and then got the dogs and the dogs of course love the yarn. Cause the yarn smells like mom and they like <laughs> tout the yarn everywhere. So I haven't been able to knit for a while. And then I saw some, one of our listeners has an Etsy shop where she like hand makes her own yarn. Cool. And I was like, so like enticed. And I was like, I need this yarn like immediately. Hi, can you send some to me? So, so I purchased some from her Etsy shop and it's on its way. So I'm going to try my first big girl project since I got the dogs, which is two years oh my god because i've done like smaller projects but yarn in korea isn't like it's mostly synthetic yarn and so Uh it doesn't have the feel as like wool would so i don't even know i don't even know but i'm excited for you i can't wait to see what you come up with it's such a soft rose color and i'm so excited oh fun what do you think that you're gonna make i'm not sure because i usually let the yarn tell me what it wants to be Cause if cause kind of when you like I start a project and I realize no 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 it doesn't want to be a scarf no 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 it doesn't want to be a cow it doesn't want to be this so we'll see when it gets here oh my gosh I what can't direction wait. it tells me it wants to be I wish that I had the patience for it uh, okay what would be the best way to phrase this do you think <sighs> kind of like part of me is like what's the source of her many hobbies like her wanting so many hobbies and. Not even like what does she want need to change because I don't even know if that she needs to change anything. But how can she look at what's the new perspective she can have on this? Okay, maybe. yeah, that sounds good to me. So kind of what the deal is, and then yeah, what's what the deal? Perspective change can be yeah. Okay. What's the deal? What's the deal? <laughs> what did you get? I got the moon. So to me, this means that you're just looking for something to do. <laughs> yeah. I got the five of cups and the six of wands. And so I feel oh. like it's kind of like just sort of focusing on like what you're doing, not being quite enough feels kind of five of cupsy to me. Like it mm-hmm. just isn't like you're f- rather than focusing on like, like how much you have done in each of these hobbies, you get really fixated on what you've not done as well as you wanted to. Maybe right. this is projection on my own part, but I also feel like the six of wands is like, you're just super, super willing to then. You're super excited like, about these new things. Like, yeah, you're like looking for the joy of the newness almost. Yeah. Like you're yeah. focused. Like you're, you're not seeing that there are new, Oh, maybe this is the better interpretation for it. See, this is, why we have to talk things through but maybe like the combination of the five of cups and the six of wands is saying like you're not seeing the components of the existing craft that you can like continue to expand and explore in and Uh it feels like the answer is something that you don't know as well like with the moon coming up it's like right rather than focusing with the five of cups it's like you're focusing on 
well, I did this. I knocked over these three cups. There's still two behind me that I guess I could like dig into, but I'm not that interested in it because I want the excitement of like recognition and right. starting a new thing gives you that dopamine rush in a way that just like perfecting a craft doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, cause you could set those cups back up again and like kick them over to see if you could, you know, kick over five that time, but it's more exciting <laughs> yes, to just I move on to that. a new thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's more exciting to be like, well, I did as much as I'm willing to, and then try to do something else that is like more exciting or yeah. more exciting. Yeah. Um, and with the moon too, it's like, there's something inside of you that wants that excitement. And so that's kind of where there's like this issue arising is that it feels like it's unknown and therefore must be better. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how we can change the mindset. (laughs) I got the emperor and temperance and temperance makes me laugh in this context. Oh, I got the six of wands. Oh, interesting. So then, yeah, I think that that kind of is saying like the way to change the mindset is to celebrate becoming an expert, like keep working towards it, celebrate becoming an expert. I feel like especially with the emperor is like sort of this established parameter. So Mm -hmm. working to expand within that. And then if we take the temperance as more of the alchemical meaning, like it's about sort of like, transformative alchemy Mm -hmm. than having the mindset change of like, look at how established and how expert I've become in this thing. And that's where the celebration is coming from. So trying to get the celebration from the, uh, like from the creation of expertise rather than from the thrill of the newness, new thing. Right. Right. The leveling up is what's going to give you the thrill and like leveling up. Exactly. And and like, you know, if you can, because like you feel like you've kind of conquered this level of acrylics, challenged yourself to do something different with that, those acrylics or a different style of acrylic painting or something bigger or something super fucking tiny or like, right. Rather than doing it on canvas, do it on wood or something where you're sort of like creating this breadth of really strong, strong understanding and knowledge and expertise rather than feeling like, well, I I know that this thing worked. So now it's time to move on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And acrylic is super versatile. Like with oil, it really has to be on canvas or wood basically. Right. But with acrylic, you can paint like basically anything. So maybe Mm -hmm. again, painting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like finding ways to sort of like, become the acrylic expert or whatever would be more beneficial. Or that could give you some of those same six of wands feelings that you're after without it meaning like more materials and equipment or whatever. It doesn't even have to be that. It could be sewing. Like maybe sewing feels stressful because you're making things that are more and more intricate. And so what you need to do for a little bit is try quilting with that sewing machine or whatever, like something that's still a textile art, but maybe a slightly different style. To give yeah. you that rush. And, and there are so many, like, f- I keep thinking back to, like, the leveling up thing just kind of keeps, like, bouncing around my brain. Like, in that leveling up, there are so many classes you can take that if you don't have this expertise, they will give you, like, that those resources to become an expert, too. Yeah. Like, don't feel like you have to figure this out all on your own because, like, you've done that for so long. Like, yeah. Like, there are other ways to, like, 
fine tune your craft. inspired, yeah. Exactly. Without like feeling like, oh, well, I don't know this, so I'm going to not do this and I'm going to find something new that I do kind of know better than this. So. I love it. I'm excited because I I think because I give up on stuff so easily. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Totally. But I do think that there's like a lot of room for development and expertise building and leveling up, like Esther said, within some of those existing tools that crafts you that you have. love yeah exactly send us pictures of your stuff i know we especially know. your What's cat portraits please i know i was like excuse me this was not included in the email already i'm offended so yeah exactly <laughs> and if you are interested in dog portraits please let us know also yes <laughs> maybe that's have the have le- no next cats. leveling up is switching from cats to dogs to dogs yeah exactly <laughs> exactly good luck amanda good luck our second question is from Brittany and Brittany says, I am a pretty new tarot reader and pull one card a day for myself and focus on that. I want to start doing spreads. I've taken three tarot courses and they all talk about telling a story while doing a spread or pulling more than one card. For some reason, I'm having a lot of trouble doing this. Maybe my brain doesn't work that way or I need to read more tarot books. Do you have any advice about how to tell a story when you're doing a spread instead of reading them as two or more separate cards? I think practice is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like reading during movies where you know the plot line. Like or like yeah. a TV show where you know the plot line and just pulling three cards for this movie like J- a Jane Austen movie or something that you're f- well familiar with. Jane Eyre or that's not Austen but yeah. Drift. <laughs> you know, like Jane Eyre. Yeah, it's, there's so many Janes. Um, you know, and where you know the plot and pulling three cards can help you practice like, okay, well, the, you know, the high priestess came here. That's kind of like Jane's spiritual journey from the orphanage to her, you know, her being a governess. You know, that's that's her yeah. journey there. That's her finding herself more. And then, you know, you can pull like because you're familiar with the story, it makes it a lot less guesswork for you, essentially. Yeah. But even before that, I feel like the key to being able to tell stories with a tarot reading are is to practice how cards interact with each other, yeah. which is why maybe a first step would be instead of pulling just one card to focus on for the day, pull two or three and then try to come up with sort of stories related to those three cards, because that way you're sort of working the skill set of making those loose associations to create a larger idea that comes through those three cards. And then when you're doing like a, even just week ahead spread or whatever, you can start thinking about them in the, in terms of the way that they're interacting with each other mm-hmm. rather than just in each individual position. Yeah. But like, for example, I guess like let's pull two cards for cards for my day. Cause it's six fifteen. Okay. Holly's day. And I'm starting my day. So for my day, what is something positive that I can look forward to? <laughs> do you hear how I phrase that question? I, I don't want general energy because today is the first day that we don't have book stuff. And I'm scared that maybe something huge is going to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so let's focus on something positive. And so I pulled the fool. That's sweet. And the six of wands, motherfucking six of wands. And I today. pulled Jeez the three Louise. of cups for you too. So I think this, I think like, so I would interpret this as the full is this new start where we are fresh, like a daisy off this project. So you have lots of more free time going on. 
Yeah. And then the second yeah. card was the six of wands that you have something so immensely proud of, like to be something to be yeah. proud of. Like we have finished, you have finished this book. You have put so much time and effort into it. And now you can celebrate with yeah. all this, this accomplishment with all of your friends with this three. Exactly. Class. So it's exactly. kind of like just walking through what we kind of already know with Holly from today, yeah. the episode. I think that all this information was in the episode already. So it's just kind of like yeah, 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 her yeah. looking forward for her day is like, it's a new fresh start. She has something yeah, to celebrate. Yeah, and I get to be proud. And yeah. I think that that's the other thing is that having, so when you, so the fool is obviously the fresh start. But then if you think about the six of uh, wands, which is about celebration and the three of cups, which is also about celebration, the six of wands. So the way that they relate to each other is that the three of cups is like group celebration. Right. Like you're all sort of celebrating the same thing. The six of wands is a little bit more like you have accomplished this yes. and now people are celebrating you in this context. So those two together, they're both celebratory, but one is about being allowed, like allowing myself to feel other people's pr- pride, yeah, pride, 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 pride. Pride and me. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, rather than just like being like, yay, we're done. And then trying to shut it down right. because I feel uncomfortable. Like, letting myself feel the excitement of others towards me. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's something I'm going to struggle with. I already was in a group chat being like, we did it. And everyone's like, yay, Holly. And I'm like, okay, anyway, I'm going to buy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then if I'm looking at that message for the day, it's like allowed today to be about sort of the celebration, but also feeling like you've accomplished something. Like you have some victory. And then starting new on that. And the way that you get there is just by looking at the meanings of the cards and seeing how they're interacting with each mm-hmm. other. So it's not just the three of cups. Right. It's not just the six of wands. It's both of them together. And what does that look right. like? Right. But anyway, all of that is to say the way that you can read them together as a story is to, I don't think that you have to just like right off the bat be like, okay, I'm not going to see these as individual cards. I have to see them as a story. Mm-hmm. You have to talk through, talk yourself through each individual meaning and then just like let your brain come up with synonyms Uh or alternate meanings or whatever to make them bridge the gap between the two card meanings. Cause I think that that's where, especially when you're a new reader, you sort of get too much in your head of like, you know, I know that these are the meanings. This is what the book says. This is what I've chosen to interpret it as. And so when I'm reading them with something else, if there isn't like a direct link, I'll just keep them separate because that's, easier and a little bit less anxiety inducing because nobody wants to be wrong oh my god sorry i just knocked a bunch of stuff over (laughs) why do it's always like when i feel like i just talk too much about myself that i start like fidgeting with shit on my desk (laughs) stop stop it holly um anyway but yeah i think that like allowing yourself to recognize the immediate thing but then also let your brain go elsewhere and i've been teaching like tarot to middle school korean kids like for the past four, three weeks, three weeks, three weeks. That's how, uh-huh. And um, like, and we were just using the minor arcana cards and there's like one word association with every single card. It may be very, very basic, but every time like, so I'll have them role play and ask like, so I'll ask them, what's your question? Most of them want to know about their job. Like I want to know about my job. I want to know about my first girlfriend, <laughs> my first boyfriend, that sort of stuff. And so, like, another good practice is to draw one card, and then I have them, okay, so what is this, so this is strength, what does strength mean? And I have them say back what the meaning is, which is courage. Like, I, I like, for, for like, middle school students, I wasn't going to make it, like, super, fl- super florious, is that what, I forget what the word is. Like, I wasn't going to make it <laughs> difficult meanings, like, so, I, I didn't, yeah. but I also didn't want it to be strength either, because they're a new strength, so. That's. 
diversifying yeah, exactly. language. So, so I labeled it as courage. So I'm like, okay, so what is courage? You know, so courage, and then I'll draw the next card. Okay, it's the high priestess. What's the high priestess? And so it's kind of like when you're focusing on one card at a time, you're giving your like and vocally saying what it means to you. You're allowing your your mind to kind of form the story as you draw one card. Yeah. And I think that does bring up a good point, which is saying it out loud feels silly, but it also really does help you process yes. it. Or at least it does for Especially me. Especially narrative style. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. But getting like what I was doing when I was very, very new to tarot is I would write down which cards I got in each position and the keywords and then journal about yeah. it. So that it's like sort of separate. Right. Like the spread itself and all the meanings are there so I can refer back to it. But then I also can kind of go through and make those connections in written prose or whatever, right. rather than having to still sort of like focus on checking back at the spread right. to like make sure that I have it in the right positions. Like it's already there. So now I can just sort of try to make those links and meanings come up with overall themes. So like the one that we just read for me, obviously had a theme of celebration. So your theme is celebration. And then how do all of those things work into that theme? And that's a good reason to not go into like a Celtic cross style spread and try to come up with an overarching story. Mm -hmm. Doing like three cards rather than one for your daily reading can be a good way to practice that. And then when you move on to spreads, it will feel more natural to sense those connections. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good luck. Good luck. You'll it'll, it'll click. Don't pressure yourself too much. Yeah. It's totally normal for this to be a stage in the process. Definitely. All right, but now it's time for some Patreon shout outs. Yes, there is so Thank long overdue. Patience. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has been a while yes. since we've done this. All right, I'll go first. Ralph, you're up. Ralph, your card is. Yikes. Flailing all over the place. Ralph, your card is death. Ooh, That's exciting. That is exciting, Ralph. Through some stuff. And I have Kristen Marie, and your card is the Five of Cups. Hmm. No. Diana, your card is also the Five of. Oh no, just kidding. That's the Five of Pentacles. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, no way. Five of Pentacles, Diana, and I'm going to pull another one for you, just because that is. And the Ten of Cups. Okay. And for Rianne, I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong. Your card is the Four of Cups. Oh. Oh, awesome. We got a lot of cups. A lot of cup energy today. So thank you, new Patreon supporters. And for, I think we mentioned this at the top, but if you are a Patreon listener, we have been uh, doing the Charmed recaps. We don't have a new episode of that this week because we wanted to talk about the book, but we've really been enjoying recapping Charmed. There's so much stuff on our Patreon right now. So uh, definitely follow along if you're interested. And we haven't mentioned this in a couple of episodes, so we'll also mention that all of our, or most of our major arcana tarot wildly episodes are up on patreon but not under any of the cost tiers so if you want to listen to any of them even if you're not a patreon supporter you can still go to patreon to find it it's just a easier format to save that stuff than within all the podcasters because stuff like cycles off of it so if you're interested in listening to those major arcana tarot wildly episodes um, they are on the Patreon as well. Yeah. So there's a lot going on over there and we really appreciate your support. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Shall we review a deck? Whew. 
Okay, so this week we are reviewing Fifth Spirit Tarot. So Fifth Spirit Tarot is by Charlie Claire Burgess, who uses they, them pronouns. And they say, we contain all the archetypes, every single one of us. We all have some empress and emperor, some queen and king. We all go through phases of death and phases of the fool and phases of the sun. The more we work with tarot, the more we realize that binaries don't exist and everything is fluid, gender, meaning, even time. We come to realize that we're all creatures made of earth and air, fire and water, all four elements bound together by the fifth element, spirit. That's the inspiration for Fifth Spirit Tarot, a queer and inclusive 78-card deck conceived and created by Charlie Claire Burgess, they, them, a queer and non-binary tarot reader and artist. Fifth Spirit seeks to expand the archetypes beyond the gender binary and reflect the diversity and divinity of human bodies and human spirits. The artwork lovingly features folks of different races, body shapes, abilities, ages, and gender expressions, and special care was given to leave the cards open to interpretation for various relationship styles and family groups. Beautiful. Yes. Okay, so also the book or the deck comes with a small... So we backed this on Kickstarter. I guess we should start with that. It's now available through Charlie Claire's website. Yes. Uh, And so you can find it there. In the guidebook, they talk about how every figure is non-binary or a-binary. So that's kind of part of the interesting thing about that is that they use the page, knight, queen, and king wording. So there's still like sort of these ideas of gendered court cards, but with the very clear and intentional point that that's partially to make it more accessible. Yes. So like we will review numinous tarot eventually because Esther just got a copy yes. of it. <laughs> One of our listeners was selling it. I was like for 35 bucks. I was like, I'm going to buy it. Cause at least I will take it. <laughs> take yeah, it. exactly. And that deck is sort of renowned as being one that's particularly diverse yes. and respectful of gender identity, but all of the core cards and all of the suits have name changes. Yes. So it can be a little bit intimidating to read if you're not already pretty familiar with tarot because there are so many changes. And so I think that that's probably one of Charlie Claire's goals is to, um, also I'm sorry, I'm just calling them Charlie Claire, but do they just go by Charlie? I thought it was Charlie Claire. I let me check. Okay, I'll check their Instagram keep... really quick, but I think it's Charlie Claire. Yeah. Check their Instagram just so that I'm not being an asshole. Oh, um, word, word witch. Is that what they're? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Charlie Claire. Yeah, Charlie Esther's Claire. brain just totally, totally glitched out. <laughs> like the look on your face while you were trying to think of the handle was just completely. It was gone. Like, uh, <laughs> the last little like thing that's coming out of my brain this hour. It was with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Charlie Claire. They them is how they refer to themselves okay. on their Charlie. Instagram. Okay, then I was getting it right. Yeah, Thank you. Um, but anyway, so I think that that was an intentional position of theirs to make sure that. It was something that could be easily picked up by people who didn't know tarot as well or who weren't as confident of tarot readers with then the very intentional caveat of in, like making sure that like the gender that's typically assigned to the queen or the king or whatever isn't necessarily going to be there. Right. And then also pointing out that all of them could be a, either a binary or non-binary um, to sort of like further emphasize that point makes it really strong. Yes, yes. In that way. Yes, definitely. So there is a small booklet that came with the deck, but there's also a much larger book um, that Kickstarter backers got a digital version of, but you can also buy the full print copy on Charlie Claire's website. 
And it is awesome. Yes. I really, really like the full version. Yes. The small one is fine. It's very, very short. Yeah. It's just like a little white book that you would find in pretty typical any, you know, tarot deck. You know, it's not, yeah, that, not that they're exactly. saying that the meanings are any different, but just saying that's the size that you're referencing. Yeah. The, yeah. It's just small. Yeah. The full size book, book itself has much more depth and understanding to what their vision for the card was. Which is always right, to me, much exactly. More which is so fun. I think that we are learning to appreciate that more and more too. Yeah. Like once you start having a lot of decks, it's always really cool to see sort of the artist's reasoning yes. behind decisions. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it's a really awesome booklet. Yeah. But yes, um, you can find it on their website. Like I said, uh, and did I? completely remove one of the components accidentally i guess so so it's 78 cards it is a linen finish it is a pretty standard card stock it's not anything beefy which is nice um and it comes in a two-part hard box Mm -hmm. aka one of my favorites other than magnetic closures Um, the box itself is also really, really cute. The box is gorgeous. <laughs> so when we backed it, Holly and I bought a two pack and then I supported yes. it singularly just to get to the cloth. And the cloth is basically what the front <laughs> of this box is. Oh, is it? Yeah. So there's all these like little things you could use as a casting board. I think that was kind of the purpose of it. If you want to oh, do cool. cast stuff, but I just love it because it has like lots of little homey doodads on it that. Like I would want in my house. So yeah. <laughs> so to yeah. Me it's... I was thinking that this deck is like the cottage core deck. Like yes. if you're on TikTok and you've like found yourself in the cottage core world, like this is that deck. Yes. Yes. Both the lack of binary and then also the like very homey sort of like just, yes. it just feels so to me like comforting yes. and peaceful. Yeah. It's and beautiful and like simple. Like it just mm-hmm. feels like such a queen of pentacles sort of moment. Like it's not like a difficult deck to work with. No, at not at all. It's very gentle. It's like, it's very gentle, very um, like open to whatever you want to do with it. Like, it's not like yeah. a deck that's going to be just for, you know, shadow work or a deck that's just yeah. for something else. It's very much like a, a approachable deck. It's like a workhorse. Deck yeah, very almost. much so. Yeah. And it's also super, super diverse. So obviously we talked about how all of the figures on the cards are non-binary, but there's also 21 cards that heavily feature people of color. Um, And there's plenty, there's plenty of cards that have people with sort of like non-straight sized bodies. Right. Yes. Like fat bodies, curvy bodies. Mm -hmm bodies that have like all sorts of different genitalia situations going on. Right. Yeah. (laughs) There's a, there's like plenty of nudity with like, so I think one of the cool things, this is something that meant something to me as a fat person is it's not just fat, naked people. There are also fat clothed people. Like I think that one thing that we've been seeing in an effort to increase body diversity is having a naked world card be like, somebody with roles or whatever. And that is the case in this deck. It is still a woman or a person, obviously non-binary. Sorry. I forgot a person with breasts and a vagina, but it is also curvy, but then they're also just like fat people living their lives yeah. within the cards, which yeah. I really liked because it can be both. It doesn't have to just be like sort of a hypersexualization thing. Right. Of fat bodies. It can also just be fat bodies living their lives. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that that was really neat. And also, I liked it. Yeah. 
Um, okay. And then obviously since the effort is to include LGBTQ plus representation, that is throughout yes. the entire deck. There's like a lot of that sort of representation, um, where you can visibly see that somebody is like not part of sort of either the binary or sort of a like sex specific traits. Right. I yes. know that I'm saying that incorrectly. Well, I think it's it like most of the time we're so used to seeing like cisgendered people in our decks that it's just so beautiful to see a deck be so proud of living life in a nine in a non-binary way. Yeah. Because yeah. for us it's it's like we like I don't live in Portland, Oregon. I don't see people like this every day. So for me to yeah. flip through this deck was so uh, sorry, refreshing. Sorry, I just need to interrupt for a second. Charlie Claire does live in Portland. She wasn't. Just, that's why Esther oh. said, "I don't live in Portland." She wasn't just like oh, yeah, assigning, yeah. assigning Portland, Portland as like as this pinnacle of like, non-binary like no, no, no. perfection or whatever. Sorry, yeah, it was in the <laughs> bio. Like, <laughs> just because I went to college in Oregon, and so I do want I, I want people to know that we know that Portland isn't some like utopia of like <laughs> non-gender <laughs> like it's stuff. True. They yeah, they have their problems too. Right, but yeah. Charlie Claire lives in Portland, so yes. that's why. As so said, right, and so like it, the the cultural significance, like, is so different from Korea, where that does really not exist unless you yeah. Go there's into not as many expressions. Sort of, like experiences. Well, and so. like probably one of the first ones that you would notice would be the emperor, who's a bearded person with breasts, with yes. like full breasts. So I think that that's kind of just like right off the bat, you're seeing that there's this commitment to not showing sort of like traditional bodies it's like supposed to be kind of about that fluidity and that understanding that the emperor can be somebody with breasts and facial hair it doesn't have to be just like strong daddy whatever right exactly (laughs) right so i think it just is really effective the other thing is that all of the suits have traditional names but they also don't have them listed so pentacles there's like a lot of gardening equipment that have pentacles Mm -hmm. on them for cups, it's like basically any cup-shaped receptacle. Like yeah. in some cards, it's even like a garbage can or like a mason jar or a plant pot or whatever. For the swords, they're all swords and knives for the most part. Um, but for I think that the wands are particularly interesting because all the wands are just sources of light. Yes. And, and so that's what, fire. like, I think I ran into our previous episode when I use this deck. I was looking at it. I was like, okay, this is a candle, but what kind of candle is this? This is yeah, like a Yeah, so you're candle? talking about the two of wands. wands I yeah. looked at that card, too, and I thought, huh, what is this card supposed to be? Because it has a candle and a match. And a match, exactly. So I like that you've pinpointed that it's sources of light as, like, yes. the depiction of the wand on the card. Because it's not, like, for me, looking at the card itself, it was like, huh. What could you be? What is this? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. It's sources of light. And I think that that allows for some really beautiful stuff because wands with the sort of cottagecore vibes, wands are like less easy to insert if you're Mm -hmm. just trying to do literal sticks. Right, right. But if you're saying it's just a source of light, it's the source of energy, then there's all of these nuances that you can come up based on the card. And it's just so cool and effective. Yeah, yeah. Be- because really like it's it. just not like candles laying down on the picture like, there's a- other decks that have you know just candles essentially being the wand so i like yeah. the the difference here it's just it takes like a 
quick hot second to kind of get used to the fact that it's not going to be the same sort of picture. Like with same, yeah. water, it's like water receptacles or like things that hold liquid, essentially. But with wands, it's a bit different because you don't get that similar shape in every single picture. Right. It doesn't always have the same exact shape. And like one of my favorites is just a candelabra. Yeah. So you have to remember like, oh, it's about the sources of light. Yeah. Um, were there any other cards that you wanted to mention specifically before we go to our favorites? I don't think so. I don't think okay, so. Okay. So I guess the, like we said, the tone is sort of cottage core. It's like, yeah very like the backgrounds are all sort of like a light light tan and then there's just a lot of like a nice tea stain yeah yeah like tea stain totally so and the level of reading it's appropriate for i think literally anyone i feel like it's super approachable and once you kind of recognize the source of lights being wands thing it's really Mm -hmm. really really easy to pick it up and feel like you kind of get it you know yeah definitely i want to hear about your favorite cards okay I'm going to say my favorite suit is probably the cups and I'm not going to apologize for it. So no, don't. I love the cups. Okay, good. But I, I tried to like hold myself back to my favorite cup cards, um, which but, is your favorite because one of my favorites is also a cups card. Um, I think the three of cups, I think when yeah. Charlie Claire posted it for the first time, I was like, <gasps> like, I little love the three of cups. So love much. It. It's a teapot with, two mugs one's a little bit of a more of like a homey rustic mug and the other one has a lipstick stain that's like a white general coffee mug and Mm. it's there's cookies on there there's two spoons so it's like people are conversing over a hot cup of tea right and i love it because i think that the three of cups can tend to be a little bit more like glasses of wine party Mm -hmm. and this just feels like more of like a casual contentment yeah like celebration and friendship and love like you're just sitting around having some cups of coffee, eating some pastries, just like being together and like sort of having more communication yeah. in terms of celebration rather than it being like party scene, dancing, whatever. Right. I just think that yeah. it's so sweet. Cause to me, this is more like of an intimate sort of three of cups. If it makes any sense. Yeah, exactly. It feels intimate. For yeah. Sure. It feels very intimate because like you said, most of the time, like we drew the three of cups today. It's like enjoying the celebration with the people that are around you. Like it's like an outward yeah. expression most of the time. And yeah. I like the way this one kind of like internalizes. It brings it home, brings it into your kitchen or your living room yeah. to a moment that you're having and you're sharing and you're mutually enjoying this company with somebody else. And that totally. is your celebration time. And that is your connection together. So I really like I love that it. What other cups are your favorite? Um, the other cup that is my favorite is the two of cups. And I just like how it has like this knot in between. Is that the two of cups? Yes. Okay, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm like always doubting. So it was just a two. I'm like, wait, is this a high priestess? No, it's not. <laughs> um, but it's like the sun and the moon. So there's like this alchemical sort of like balance that goes on. And yeah, like the top, the one of the cups is turned upside down. And the other one is kind of like, it's kind of like you're receiving or you're taking at all times. Yeah. Like these cups. And so it's that mutual exchange sort of going on this implied where there's two opposites almost and they're just kind of they're possibly exchanging with like there's like a knot between and to me that knot is kind of like reminds me of the knot um that pagans do at wedding ceremonies like the time mm-hmm. the knot hand sort of thing. fasting yeah hand fasting is that that's what it kind of reminded me of so i really yeah totally like oh it's so pretty it is so pretty okay but we can't stay do in the cups, cups all the time no. Well, I have the King of Cups because, you know, I love Mr. Rogers. 
Mr. Rogers yeah, sent me a picture so of himself when I was a little that girl. That was kind of one of my WTF cards. Again, oh, really? WTF okay. cards don't mean what the actual fuck. It's just kind of like, I loved it. But uh-huh. also thematically, it's the only figure that's like a specific human, human? that's recognizable. Yeah. Which th- feels a little bit weird. Yeah, and but I think it's almost for a purpose because I think our generation millennials are extennials where we grew up with Mr. Rogers that he was the pinnacle of this loving figure in our lives yeah Yeah. and I think that to me that was probably why that was included because it takes away that sort of toxic power where we associate with kings a lot of times I know I mean I totally understand why he was selected but it just does like no other card has like has a a face we recognize specific recognizable figure yeah and so I agree. Like, I love that he's included and represented, but it does feel slightly out of the theme, I guess, to yeah. me. Yeah. Maybe. But I love him. He's wonderful. Yeah, he's sweet. I, I just, I love that he was included just because, like, he's just an icon in my life and I love him. Yeah, so totally. I mean, we all watched so much of that. Oh, yeah. I uh, love, I love him. It just is one of those things where I was like, huh, like, this why is outside he the, the only human? theme. Yeah. Right. And that's the other thing is that if all of the figures are non-binary, then having right. him in here feels even less aligned with the theme because yeah. he was a cis man from all we know, for as far as we know. Who was married to a woman for 60 years, yeah. like, which I guess doesn't preclude him from being non- non-binary, but I just think it sort of undercuts the overall theme. Yeah. I still love him. Like, oh, yeah. It's not about oh, no, him. No, no. no. <laughs> Or yeah. even whether or not he makes a good King of Cups. I think he's a perfect <laughs> King of Cups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. perfect. But oh, anyway. Yeah. No, I get it. No, no. Sorry for interrupting you. Oh, no, no. It's okay. No, it's that. fine. <laughs> and then my other favorite is the Queen of Pentacles. Yeah, Because it love, takes away that, like, that expectation that we have of the Queen of Pentacles. I mean, we still yeah. get all the plants. We still get all the animals. But it's not in a way that we expect. And I yeah. love that. It's this person like surrounded by plants and animals, just like feeling so like in themselves in themselves. And like, like look at my little plant that's growing and I have all this growth around me still, you know, I really love just the way that the depiction of the queen of pentacles, because it's specifically in a non-binary way, we can kind of break that binary and include other people that have not been included before. Exactly. Love it. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and go to the major arcana cards. First, I'm going to do okay. the devil because the devil is probably one of the creepiest cards. Oh my God. Yeah. Ever. Like in it's any like deck. Marionettes of two, like just sort of 1950s style housewife and businessman. Yeah. Being manipulated by these hands. Yeah. It's so, cr- it's super it's creepy. creepy. And I'm, ugh, I don't like that card. I mean, I like it, but I don't <laughs> like it. It's creepy. <laughs> Um, and then I also love strength. I hope you pick strength because there is a of like course. a cute doggy on the side of it. So the strength card is a person with a pit bull and they're wearing overalls. They have like long hair and like a twist and they just like the freaking dog with its dumb, stupid, beautiful I know, head. The dumb head. It's so cute. And they I, th- I think that Charlie Claire might have a pit bull that looks like Mac. Maybe if I remember correctly. But the dog just looks so much like my dog that I just kind of can't even deal. Yes. I, if you look at the sun card, I think they have a pictures of their dog in the sun card. Because that picture is a self-portrait. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I was just looking at it, but I shuffled it back in like a dum-dum. <laughs> I'm 
nonsense. Oh, no, they have a beagle in that. Okay. Just kidding. I was thinking of somebody else. But yes, I love the pit bull in that, uh, even though I do wish the people... I mean, I know how strong my dog is. Oh, yeah. She is almost unwalkable sometimes because she's so strong that she can just pull harder than my human body can take. Yes. Um, But it's just so cute. And the figure in it is covered with all these really great tattoos that say, like, love and trust. And it's just so sweet. And I love a big, big giant headed pibble. Oh yeah. And the addition of the flowers makes it feel so sweet too. Like it's mm-hmm. not just like raw strength. That's like loving strength. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a much softer aspect of strength than uh, yeah. what we're used to seeing. I also really love the ace of pentacles because it's a bulbous. All of the aces. All the aces are so cool. I really so like cool. the, the hand that's kind of like hovering underneath the ace of pentacles, sort of like, I would say it's like a bulb, like a tulip bulb. Yeah, probably like a like scab. I was thinking maybe like an onion. Okay, maybe onion, something. It's some sort of bulb. Yeah, and like the hand is dirty, so you know that it's been in the earth, They've like been creating something it, yeah. and digging it out, and like personally involved in that process. So I really love. Ugh, that I love that card it. too so much. And the aces are all hands, sort of like involved with a symbol of the suit. So the ace of wands is a hand that's sort of floating in this cool pattern with a lighter above it uh Mm -hmm. the ace of cups is like somebody holding a coffee cup that's overflowing with water yes and it's just like i just think it's a really cool dynamic way i really love it it's so cool because it's so traditional to have the hand involved but for some reason it also just feels like really kind of clean and Mm -hmm. cool yeah it feels like there's personal involvement in the ace like yeah the person who's in that ace position. Especially the one for the ace of pentacles, which you're yeah. totally right about. Oh, it's so good. And then my last favorite card is the three of swords, which is a anatomical heart. I said that correctly. Go me. Yeah. Anatomical heart that is, has been like, it looks like it's been stabbed. Yeah. Pretty much. Cause there's like gaping holes, but there's like the surgeon's needle and thread sewing it back up. And I really yeah. love that imagery of the pain that has existed here. And but there's something going on where there's healing that's it's happening. Healing, there's yeah. stuff that's where it's not, you're not just sitting in this pain with nothing to do. There's a process that's occurring in the background. Totally. I love it. I do too. Okay. So what are your favorite? So we had some overlapping, but the other ones that I wanted to talk about were the two of wands, which we already talked about the candle and the book of matches. Oh yes. yes, yes. I just think that it's so visually pretty. And I also really like that. That's the, selection that Charlie Claire made because it's kind of the idea of potential. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a lit candle. It's an unlit candle still with its super long sort of traditional wick have after having been created right. with a match that's unstruck. And it's just like filled with all of this potential. And I also, so I really like sort of the decision to not have it be something that's already happening. Uh And it's also just a really, really pretty card. Yeah. And then kind of along the same lines, I really love the nine of wands because it's a candelabra that's burned all the way down and you can see sort of the dawn breaking and the windows behind the candelabra. And I just really like that feeling of like sort of, being worn down and exhausted, but Mm -hmm. because it's sort of this like ceremonial candelabra, it feels like it's coming from a place of accomplishment rather than just being worn down. Yes. Like so much has been done. We've gotten to this point. It's like, we've been through so much and now we're just like barely stubs of that energy. left. Yes. So I really love that. (laughs) 
Um, I also super love The Lovers. Oh, yes. It is a really badass with a blue undercut covered in tattoos. But instead of looking at another person, they're looking sort of at their own internal universe yes. or galaxy, I guess. And I really like that interpretation of The Lovers because it's so much more about internal understanding and acceptance rather than like in an interpersonal relationship with somebody else. Right, right. Oh, so so I love that. But yeah, it was hard to narrow it down to just six because I loved all of the aces. I know. Almost every single major arcana is just like so pretty and good. Yes. It just feels like such a comfortable, peaceful place Mm -hmm. um, and kind of world. And I just really, really like it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so now we have to pull a card to represent our relationship with the deck. I almost forgot that about that part. Here I am shuffling for the no reason. (laughs) Let's see. I got the... Eight of Cups for my card for this deck. Oh, interesting. It's a good like transition or like? Oh, it's it's like a like scene where there's oh, yeah. eight bowls going that. outside almost. Like sort of like the little toaster. Do you remember that movie where everyone's like yeah. staring outside like we're gonna go? Yeah. <laughs> and I got the six of pentacles, which I also oh. really like. Ugh, love That's it. So good. Cool. So next week we're talking about our favorites of 2020. I'm so excited to feel or to hear, to feel, to feel, to hear what you've selected. I'm probably going to try to bribe Rachel to tell me. No, that ruined no. the fun. Rachel, Rachel does a really good job of like sticking to rules. Secret keeping. So, yes. Yeah, very good at secret keeping. <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Too well, good. that is our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com. With a handy data form with which to submit your questions. Oh, my God. Did I just completely forget to say that? Yeah. I think you forgot to say the handy dandy form. Like you just what said, we can find all the cool stuff. Our brains are <laughs> melted. We're barely going to make it through this episode, <laughs> we Esther. <are. laughs> We're like running through a spacecraft as the door slowly, slowly closes. We're like trying to just It's like Galaxy Quest. We're gap. trying so hard to finish this. <laughs> By Gramthar's hammer. Also tell your friends about us and rate and review us if you get a chance. That helps us grow so so much. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Instagram. And um, as of our last episode or Facebook and we got a Discord (laughs) that you can join. As well as, like, if you want a tarot certification, we got your tarot certification. Oh, yeah. We got you covered. It will cost you $20. No, it will it cost you, like, $4.99 for a mug. <laughs> or if you want a print to hang on your wall, it'll be a little more. But yeah. But you can put your name on the print. <laughs> yes. But you can find that all in a red bubble shop. And uh, we'd love for you to be Wally Tarot certified. Yeah. And remember, (laughs) go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. (laughs) We're barely getting out of this alive. (laughs) 